0: What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Blue. And on today's episode of Blue Dope, I have someone that's all about women's mental wellness as well being period especially black women women of color uh you might have spotted her on the inc's 100 woman founders in 2019 yeah we did the homework she's (laughs) over here like (laughs) and she's doing her thing globally when it comes to women's retreats may have heard about her maybe you went to her for help with yours all right none other than christina m rice how you doing christina
1: I'm good. I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Why are you nervous?
1: Because I'm a former publicist, so it's like being in front of the camera is—I'm still trying to get used to it five years later. (laughs) Wow. Five years later. Um, But it's just, you know, I think also I'm really passionate about my work, so I get real, you know, intense and, like, nervous and talking about it, but— that's what's up. Here. Thank you.
0: So, we always start with Blue Dope. We want to <laughs> know about you and just where you're from. So, what's okay. your origin story? What city are you repping?
1: Akron. Akron. Okay. okay there we go.
0: <laughs> so, you, you um, like LeBron and Curry out here?
1: Exactly. So, born and raised in Akron, Ohio. Um, I went to college at TSU, so HBCU. Uh-huh. And so, what it was is, you know, I mean, Akron is special, but it's, it's, it's small and it's very limited, right? Okay. Um, most of, it, especially when I was growing up, you know, you worked a job for 40 years, you retired, and that was, that was just it. life. And early on, I was like, I want something more from my life. Got it. And so when I started looking at colleges, I was like, I can't be in Ohio. Like, I want to <laughs> expand my horizons. And I toured um, different college campuses, but TSU was the first one in a moment, I walked on campus. I was like, "This is it."
0: I was it. What, what was what was okay. going on on the campus? They was live. They was playing football outside. They what was they doing on the it campus? Was just, it
1: was just a different life. Yeah. yeah, You know, it felt softer. You know, we're gonna talk about the soft, soft life. life. Like, well, I knew <laughs> I knew that in 20, in two thousand that I needed a soft nice. life, right? Nice. And so um, it just it just the air was different, okay. everything, and so and I I really wanted to go to a HBCU. Nice. And so I um, went to college, uh, and they gave me a scholarship. Okay. <laughs> and so that was also a deciding factor, too, right? Like, full scholarship. Wow. Um, and then after I graduated, so my major was business information system. Okay. And it was just something I chose. And when I graduated, um, and I was— younger than everyone else because I started college earlier like at 17 okay. so I was 20 at this point Don't you got um, skipped
0: when you was younger that's what I it yeah
1: <laughs> you know them Don't skip oh, no, <laughs> you skipped kindergarten I
0: used to some high schools give yeah, me APs yeah. I right. no, get them it credits wasn't even
1: AP it okay. was um there was a special program because uh Akron U mm-hmm. was across the street from my high school so okay. you had to test in to actually um you actually started college in your junior year.
0: Wow. So when
1: I got to TSU, I was already a sophomore. Because wow. I had credits. That's it. But when I graduated, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing in my life. I don't want to work in my major. I don't want to work with anyone. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, my dad's brother was one of the first black owner-operators of McDonald's. Oh, wow. And so um, he built an amazing business and pass it on to his kids who are now owner. Uh, he started in, in Akron and then um, he acquired a few stores and then they moved to Boston. They acquired more. Wow. Then they moved to um, Pittsburgh and at one point they had like 16.
0: Oh, oh no, so uncle's <laughs> doing good. He's doing, <laughs> doing good out here. Good.
1: Um, and so I've come from a family of entrepreneurs, nice. right? And so I, I feel like it's, it's just born in me. And so when I graduated, I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm gonna figure it out. And then one day I woke up and I said, I want to open a boutique. Okay. And a lot so you of you just just woke up, just, just like woke up and said, I'm gonna do this. And I was 21 at the time. Because
0: you're stylish too, right? That's what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And I just I figured it out. This was before Google. It was before any courses, anything. And I would just go to Barnes and Noble for eight hours a day, and I would read on how to. Um, how to open a boutique a like going google. to yeah before google all that I'm, I'm giving my age <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I I I had my boutique um from about 21 to 26 I had major major customers like uh cuz we were in Nashville so Tennessee Titans wives they would come okay. in and drop 15,000 wow. 30,000 Natalie Cole rest in peace like she wow. was one of my biggest customers and you're, you're 21
0: 22 and I'm I'm just like
1: wow this is crazy and I was across from Vanderbilt so okay. that was the wealthy school so we just um uh you know it just it was my life at the time but then one day I always wake up okay and I was like I don't think I want to be in Nashville anymore. I,
0: to... <laughs> but, oh, we, I didn't even understand how you got to Nashville. So let's let's right. let's, let's, let's slow down a little bit there because you was, was in you was in Ohio. So you went okay, and then TSU okay, and then got TSU. it. So it just made sense. Okay, it made sense. So okay. I opened a
1: store, and then um, I, I had it open for five years, and then I was burnt out. A Lot of responsibility at a five thousand square foot store. It was three levels. Like but you ain't had no was,
0: student loans. I had no student loans. Okay, okay.
1: I, I had the full scholarship but then the student loans was my spending money. Uh uh <laughs> <So>,
0: um,
1: <laughs> But yeah, I just woke up and I said I I'm I'm done with this. Okay. And um and I sold my store to actually a, a player's wife wow and I kind of coached her through it she didn't end up opening her store but she bought everything like all my
0: yeah yeah um, inventory everything and inventory
1: and all that stuff and that was it, it's interesting because now I'm a coach but I didn't know I was coaching like mm. I didn't know that was a thing um, so I moved to to um, to New Jersey and I have friends that were in the music industry okay and again one day I was kind of helping them because I was trying to figure out my life and new jersey new york and one of them was like you'll be a great publicist and i had no idea what a publicist was what they did i googled now we had google yeah, you got real google you <laughs> ain't had to go to
0: the bookstore
1: um but we you know I, I i googled and i was like i can do this because okay. i did it for my store and i got hired um at a high-end uh french clothing company
0: okay
1: and um they sold, like, two $3,000 cashmere sweaters, right? And their clientele, Puffy, Lee Simmons, um, um, Jennifer Aniston. And mm. so they're all coming into the store. Um, I'm working with them. I'm working with their stylists. I'm working with the celebrities. And I was like, I think I want to get into celebrity PR. Okay. Woke up one day. <laughs> you just you just
0: be having dreams. I be having dreams. Mar- Martina Luther. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and my girlfriend at the time was dating um, Nick Cannon's manager, and oh, wow. he was at a PR agency. Okay, and so I told him, I said, I want to be at that agency. They had Little Kim during her trial. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, they had uh, Ice Cube and Snoop and like just major clients. And I said, I want that job. He was like, I'll make an introduction, and so he did. I bombed the whole interview because I was late. Okay. Cuz I was just learning New York and driving <laughs> everywhere, right? Okay. Okay. And um but the the founder of the agency, he was like, "Why should I hire you?" And I was like, "I'm just that good." I just had confidence, and I had no idea what I was doing. And they hired me, and the first week it <laughs> was worked? like it worked, it worked, <laughs> back then it worked, it worked. <laughs> and they hired me. Um, uh, also because of him too, okay, okay. because he gave a really good, you know, a good reference for me. But that first week was Grammy's week, and they were like, "We need you to do oh this, goodness. this, and this." And they my threw floor. you in the flames. They, of course, it was like, "Here's your desk. <laughs> here's your password. Figure it out." <laughs> And um, my first placement was like USA Today. Within three days of me getting that job, wow. and so that that was my career for a long time. Um, I moved to after that agency. I moved to academics. Okay. Um, and we did a lot of good work with Academics,
0: them. the clothing brand. Yeah, Okay. we did a I lot of work. I thought you it. meant you was about to be a teacher. You no. woke up one morning and was like, Y'all feel the need to uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I moved to academics
1: and we did a lot of good work. Like I was just with my boss yesterday who hired me. Okay. Academics. We was like, We had ludicrous Wow. We performed at an event for us for free. What?
0: He just wanted the clothing. He's like, yo, hook it up. Yeah.
1: So we, back then, we were doing <laughs> what Tiana Taylor, they were all, Yeah, yeah, there. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Did a lot of work with them. Um, and then I got laid off because nice. of that recession 2008. And I said, I'm never going back to work for someone. I started my own agency. Um, and then for... This was 2010, from 2010 to 2018. I um, worked with a lot of, you know, celebrities, but also, I was also producing events at Super Bowl and Grammys. Okay. And um, In which DAT city? Awards. Is it still New York? I'm okay. still here, I'm still okay. here. And um, then, but 2015, I hit a wall. Okay. I was going through a bad
0: breakup.
1: Uh-oh. You know how that is. Bad breakup. I was burned out from PR. I was like, I do not want to die on a red carpet, like it, it has to be something else for me. Wow! And um, and I just started taking yoga.
0: You you, you were stressed. I was stressed. I was stressed burnt out,
1: and I started taking yoga. I fell in love with it. Okay. Um, and it was healing me, right? Okay. Getting through the breakup, getting through the burnout. And you, um, you was
0: doing like trap yoga or like what kind of yoga <laughs> I were was, you doing? Actually, it
1: was so crazy. <laughs> um, it was a studio, uh, two blocks from my office in Manhattan. Okay. And it was a tiny studio, maybe. 20 people could fit in in that small room. Um, And I actually was like, I want to teach now. I want to go through my certification and stuff. And I was one of the only black women in that room at all
0: times. Okay.
1: And... Through my as a student, as a yoga teacher trainee, and then as a yoga teacher, I was I was the trap house music. That was young. I was playing Beyonce. I was playing like um, uh, Andre Three Thousand. Like that's how I taught yoga. Mm. And so many people come up after class like your class was everything. White people and but especially black women were like, thank you for seeing me.
0: Wow. Thank
1: you for just making me feel welcome in that space. And that was the start of like life now for At,
0: me. at that time, was was it just that Black woman in the minority in those classes? Mm-hmm. You might have like a sprinkle here and there.
1: Sprinkle here and there. Um, even when I did my yoga teacher training, it was 53 of us. I was the only Black woman.
0: Okay, wow. And for
1: 10 weeks, you know, I'm with these people every weekend for three days. It was Friday through Sunday, eight hours a day. And I was just the only Black woman. I was mm-hmm. like there has to be a space for us. And that's when I came up, I woke up (laughs) (laughs) and Om Noir came to me like, there has to be a space for us.
0: Wow. Right.
1: Um, And I I could just, I could sense that black women just, they wanted to be led through their wellness journey by somebody that looks like them, that understands their unique challenges in the world.
0: Now now I'm going to, I want to know, but how did, going to an HBCU kind of impact you through those transitions? Number one, That's a good for, be, because firstly, you went into a, a space where at an HBCU it's kind of yeah. comfortable, right? Yeah. Everybody kind of looks like you. Then you're mm-hmm. in these places where, hey, you're the one out of 53 women that are being trained here that looks like you. Mm-hmm. So how did it impact you there? And then how did going to an HBCU lead you to doing something that was more inclusive for us? Well, I think
1: I think it's that feeling of togetherness and that family, like we're in this together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I learned that early on by going to a an HBCU, and the energy and the love, and you could—I mean, you know this—you could look across the room and nod at somebody, <laughs> and y'all had a whole conversation. <laughs> oh yeah. oh right? yeah, facts, right? And so it was the same thing in a yoga studio. I could see that black woman, and and, and we could have a whole conversation yeah. Yeah. without having a conversation, and so. I think that the gift of a HBCU and because we don't have these spaces for us, but when you go to college and you're there and that energy and that family and that love and like we're in this world together, it it was a journey for me, even from PR, from um, uh, wellness, that, that feeling of family and togetherness and this world ain't for us, you know, but we can Together we can make it for us. Nice. And so I think I just learned that early on, and I I, um, I, I, I talk about this all the time. I think if if any young black person can go to HBCU, they should. Do it. I get it. Yes, the the Big Tens and and the and the. Um, uh, the you know, the Harvards and all that kind of stuff. But if you can experience what that feels like um, at a young age, it'll carry you through your whole life.
0: The truth is, I'll say a lot of the different entrepreneurial people that I've interviewed have went to HBCUs. And I've seen that as like a common trait like for myself I did not attend an HBCU I definitely went to a college where I used to see that one other brother in the class and we gave each other head nod it was like 60 people (laughs) just me and him and that's like I yo bro we friends automatically I definitely had that I'll say for me it translated to hopping into corporate America and I I felt I was at least Understanding and expecting what I saw in corporate America because mm-hmm. it was like my college. Mm-hmm. But when I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and even people who build up their teams, like there are people that they went to college with that are also successful from mm-hmm. these HBCUs, and they're kind of mixing in together and they're doing all these different things. So it's 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 interesting to hear it from yet another person that that kind of helped in that entrepreneurial yeah, it's space. It's a common thread. Yeah, right?
1: it's like. Um, when I think about that experience, like it literally has weaved through my entire life and every career because I'm on my like fourth one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um, of this uh, of creating these spaces for black women and and black men to thrive, right. And so I, I learned that at a an HBCU and so all my businesses have um, reflected that that learning, Yes. Right? Of for us, like, for us by us, right? Yeah. FUBU was a first, <laughs> but I've carried but that. still, it's
0: still FUBU out here. It's still FUBU <laughs> out here,
1: right? I've carried that through, so yeah.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I, I have to ask, too, because you said you did... Um, business information systems as a major. Mm-hmm. I always tell... Listen, whenever teenagers tell me, hey, I don't know what to do, I say, do you like money? They say, yes. I say, do business because everything's a business. How have mm-hmm. you been able to still... you Even though you didn't jump right into that field, how have mm-hmm. you been able to utilize that through all of these endeavors?
1: You know what it is? So the, the BIS major was tech before it was tech. So we actually learned how to build, like, reservation systems for a hotel. Wow. Right? And that was way before we had actual, you know, the tech industry. And so I think, although, I like I said, I didn't go into that major, what it taught me was how to figure shit out. Yeah. And how to build things from the ground up. And I've weaved that through my entire career, especially when um, the first... Business I own right out of uh, college was, uh, you know, a clothing store. And it was just like, you're, you'll figure it out. At 21. You'll build it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you'll figure it out from the ground up. And that's what I did. And I've done that with every business I've owned.
0: I mean, for you to do something that's scary at 21 yeah. <laughs> and figure it out yourself. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the other stuff might seem easier in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. So and I was the
1: first black woman that owned a store in Nashville.
0: Yeah, and he wasn't from Nashville. It wasn't from Nashville. Wow. And that I agree. also
1: had opposition, so okay. I had these wow. like, um, other competing boutiques, white women with money. You know what I mean? Um, probably came from family money, so they had you know these very high end um, clothing brands that they work with and all that stuff. And I here I come, this young black girl, and I know about. A BCBG and mm-hmm. seven jeans, and like, and I'm carrying that in my store. And I remember because my first store, I had two. The first one was really small, right? Maybe like 800 square feet, and it was off the beaten path. Um, and then mm-hmm. I wanted to expand and move into that Vanderbilt wealthy area, and they blocked me. Wow. From a, it was a boutique and a plaza that I wanted to go in. They blocked me. The owner was like, we can't. You wow. can't take your lease. Wow. And so I had to find a whole other building. Crazy. Yes. Crazy. So I I mean it was You like, went through it. <laughs> you said like gosh, it was it was maybe like two thousand one or two. So you know what I mean? Like I'm I'm like, Oh, this is really happening. Like these white people are blocking me as a young black store owner from being in a space that Had foot traffic and um, obviously like a wealthy clientele, but they blocked me. But I found something down the street.
0: Nice. What? And I kept going. I I got to ask because you Mm were my first guest from Ohio and I do not, And but listen, listen, I do not know why, but when we look at the numbers, Ohio as a state listens to this show more than really? even New York and it doesn't make sense because we don't That's know crazy. anyone in Ohio. The only thing that I can say is that Ohio must be full of hustlers mm-hmm. and people with entrepreneurial spirits mm-hmm. and people who want to learn how to just get things going themselves. You being this girl from Akron, mm. how do you feel about that energy in Ohio? Is that something that's out there? or Do you feel like it's more than before right now?
1: I just, I feel like, you know, the Midwest is like forgotten. Okay. Right? And so when we were growing up, um, especially back then, it's like some of us, I won't say all, because I have friends that even I was like, just even come to... Nashville with me, just come like get out of Akron. Like I just, I knew pretty early on that this wasn't the life for me. Got it. And so that drove me to, to, to grow out of Akron. And I I feel like you know the LeBrons and like all his crew, like it's that same drive where Mm. we got to get out of here. If we don't, I probably would have had like you know a couple babies and just living. Yeah. A, a, you know, day to day. Like let's right? not get
0: it twisted. Akron's tough.
1: Akron is tough. It's and a they, tough
0: They city, but some hard work. They
1: breed winners though. Yeah. If, if if you lean into that. Yeah. Right? And so I, I meet a lot of people from Ohio, from Akron who are very successful okay. and it's just that drive. Nice. Um but in any city, you're gonna people are gonna take one or two paths. True. You know, it's either you, you know, get swallowed up by it or you, you
0: excel
1: overcome, yeah. out of it. And I just happen to be one of those ones that did
0: die.
1: I'm Anna a transgender woman. And I'm Cam, your dad. And this is The Transgender. Join Anna as she chronicles her transition, and Cam as he learns how to be a supportive parent. This podcast is about embracing differences and finding common ground.
0: It's a roller coaster of emotions, laughter, and genuine connection.
1: Tune in to new episodes of The Transgender Bi-Weekly. Subscribe and listen to The Transgender on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Love you all, except the bigots. Let's talk about Om Cuz cuz we got there and mm-hmm. all these experiences brought you to what you're doing now. So tell yeah. us a little bit about Om Noir from Wait, from you got to say it right. It's om, om Om Noir. Noir. Okay.
1: Right. So om the noir. Om obviously our chant in meditation. Yes. Noir means black in French.
0: Got it. <laughs> so we we bring the yoga together.
1: Yes. The 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 the, the healing, the wellness into
0: and, our black space. And that it sounds luxurious yeah. too. So Yeah, it is. It is.
1: So um twenty fifteen changed my life. I yeah. um, like I said, I I hit a wall um and I started taking yoga and fell in love with the practice. I decided to get my yoga teacher certification. Um and I graduated out of that in December of twenty fifteen and then it was probably like February of twenty sixteen where I was like, I feel like I got something here and let me just create an Instagram page to highlight other black <clears throat> women and wellness, because um, me in the PR space, I had a lot of, obviously, media relationships, and I'm chronicling my my yoga journey. And so they're like, let's do a feature on you, Black Enterprise, you know, Essence, all that stuff. And, but uh, I, I did notice that a lot of black women would start showing up to my classes, uh-huh. right? And so um, in February of 2016, I said, let me just start an Instagram page that highlights other black women in wellness. Because people ask me, like, do you know a yoga teacher in St. Louis or something like that? Like, I don't, but let me try to find them. (laughs) Right. Um, And it was really an Instagram page only. I had no plans for it. Um, I was still running my PR agency, so I was kind of balancing the both. And then 2017, I hosted my first retreat, and we had 53 okay. black women nice. in Grenada. In Grenada. Yeah, and it was one what, day. What is, was...
0: Your, what is your affinity to Grenada? Because <laughs> I hear you say Grenada a lot. You want the house in Grenada. You manifest yeah, yeah, and all of that. Yeah, so what, what is it with you in Grenada?
1: Um, I don't know. It's just it's a really special place. Um, it, it's just an island, like the people. At the time, I was in New York, so I could get yeah. there quickly. Yeah. Play, a and there's
0: Canadians everywhere in New York too. Like right. And everything so, else. And, and
1: also, here's the other thing. I, that first, I went, before I started my yoga teacher certification, I went to Grenada for a solo trip.
0: Okay. First um, solo trip? First solo trip. Grenada.
1: That I ever took. And that was September 2015. But I learned about Grenada through the Olympics. It was like these twin brothers I want to say and they uh, you know how they do with the Olympics yeah, yeah, they do yeah. that they whole show little story documentary yeah. part yeah and so I was like I gotta go there and then there's an underwater sculpture park that I wanted to I wanted to visit but I also had a fear of open bodies of water So you can snorkel to it, but I said, I'm going to dive.
0: So you woke up one day and learned to dive, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so Grenada just has a a lot of firsts for me. It was my first solo trip. It was um, the first place that I learned how to scuba dive. Wow. It was adventurous. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's the first uh, retreat. And then I also got my certification in Grenada. To scuba dive, right? Uh, my scuba diving certification. So it just has a lot of firsts for you me. You do a lot. Um, and I, it also, it's, it's a place that I challenge myself in a lot of areas. Okay, okay. Learn how to get over my fear of open bodies of water, my first nice. retreat, like all of that stuff. So nice. that's why it's special all right, to me.
0: Dope, dope. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of our Grenadian listeners will be happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still to this day my favorite place to dive. And wow. I've dived... Fiji and Belize and um, of course Mexico, um, Key West. I jumped in. I will not forget. I I we we. I'm in a black scuba diving group. Big Tigger
0: out the see, uh
1: DJ Trauma. Oh wow. Uh, it's a lot it's it's crazy it's a lot. You of even black know all these people dive road. like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah, and we take trips together. That's wild. Yeah, That's and wild. so um going back to my point like it was just for me that place that that I overcame so much. Okay. Yeah. And but with the crew, I oh, will go back to that um Key West, I was still fighting through my fear. So I would I just kept diving. But I would get anxiety underwater. And I would feel like I just want to rip my mask off, all that stuff. And then I would start meditating. That's where my yoga came underwater. in. Underwater. I would meditate, I would just close my eyes and wow. we would still, you know, be drifting. It's
0: like sharks going around you and all dolphins, but when insane. when I
1: jumped in Key West and we, we we jumped off the boat, it was a shark right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, you had to woo real quick.
1: <laughs> but that was actually the trip that I had no anxiety. Okay, but I had to keep doing it to get over that. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't see myself joining this group anytime <laughs> soon. It's I got to a dive, dive first, and it's
1: like thirty of us. Okay, um, but at any given time, they'll be like, "Let's go to Honduras. Let's go to." Um, Curacao, whatever. And so whoever can just go. Yeah, it's a big they, bowling crew. <laughs> yeah, so it might be like five or six okay, or okay. ten. That's dope. That the schedule aligns. Um, I haven't actually dove with them probably in like um, three years. Okay. But I'm trying to get back. Okay. But my travel, yeah.
0: yeah. So first retreat, mm-hmm. success. Yeah. What, what looked like successful for you doing it? Because I want to add that I feel like there are a lot of Different Mm -hmm. retreats nowadays. And I Mm -hmm. feel like it's become a newer thing. I feel like we saw a lot of groups come together to do Mm -hmm. stuff locally. And more and more people are trying to step it up and make it a a retreat. So let's talk about your retreats.
1: So I think my first retreat, and I talk about this a lot, I didn't make any any money, really. And I'm like, I had 15 (laughs) women there. And I barely made any money. But when I coach my retreat leaders now, of course, you know, some parts of it is how to build a profitable retreats business but also you first start with passion and then the money comes. Okay. Right? Um, and so for me the success was I, I did it and I was one of the first to do it. Yeah. And, and to create these spaces for black women to come together and be well and... Um, Also luxurious experiences like we deserve this. We deserve to be at five star resorts and to be catered to and the white glove service and all of that stuff. And so that first retreat was also, I think, giving other black women permission to invest in themselves and their well-being. Okay. Right. Um, And so after that, of course, I was like, okay, I have something here. But how do I make this a business? Because I'm always thinking about the pivot before I have to pivot.
0: I want to pause on that permission <laughs> word because that's big, right? Yeah. So, do you feel that black like, women just felt like, I can't, I just shouldn't be doing this? I shouldn't be spending my money this way? Like, of course. That's, that was what it was.
1: Of course. And it's still to this day, it's like somebody coming from Akron. Mm. We are born in the struggle. Yeah. So, we only. We feel comfortable in the struggle. Wow. Right. I was having a conversation um, a couple of days ago and I was like, I'm I'm going to that. I'm going to a three day work week because I just need ease in my life. Okay. Right. I've worked hard enough and long enough um, that I can get my work done in three days and then the rest of it. I just enjoy my life. Nice. But it also gives me anxiety of what what am I going to do? With all this free time. <laughs> and I think we question ourselves when we take the naps in the middle of the day, when we go on vacation. Like, if I'm doing these things, something else is suffering. And it's really the reverse. When mm. you're doing all the things, you're suffering. Wow. Wow. And so I'm. I have my same struggles with that.
0: I gotta listen to this myself because <laughs> I, I do a lot. I'm trying. I'm trying to,
1: you know, bring black men into the space okay, too, and okay. the wellness retreats and stuff. I've I've I posted two co co-ed retreats. Okay, but I'll have forty women <laughs> and six men. Okay, and you know those six men are couples. Like the wives are like, God. did come. come with so me?" So men, like even single men, or, or just men individually are not signing up for these retreats because they too haven't learned or been well,
0: unlearned almost
1: unlearned what it feels like to to be well yeah because we just we're yeah. used to being in the struggle yeah
0: true wow yeah. I ain't looking at that way you before. coming on the retreat I might because <laughs> I'm like I like this three day work right. I did. three day work I don't know yeah. about the diving though but <laughs> I'm still not sold on that part
1: Yeah. um, But here's the thing, like with my retreats, and this is also why I'm really proud of what we're building with all of our retreat leaders is I host very specific retreats. Okay. And so my retreats, because I'm adventurous and I'm a thrill seeker and all that stuff, they're going to have some element of adventure. We might be hiking an active volcano at 3 a.m. Okay, just right. Okay, <laughs> we might be jumping might be zip off lining. zip, zip lines, that's light work. The light work, light we work. might be walking over a suspended bridge. Okay, in Ghana, you okay. know what I mean? And so, for me, how I define wellness is facing our fears and getting on the other side of them because it's a beautiful life on the other side of those fears because it it unlocks courage and power in you, but also it can unlock opportunities. I had to get over my fear of public speaking. Hmm. When I did that, guess what? Now I'm paid to speak. (laughs) So I unlocked a new opportunity for me, but also a new power in me. When I got over my fear of scuba diving, I could, if I wanted to, I could host scuba diving retreats and make money from that. So it's like, I, I, from my retreats, it's always, let's face our front and let's face our fears and allow ourselves to walk through a different portal of, again, courage and power and opportunities for ourselves. But a lot of us, um, we carry fear through our whole lives because our parents give yeah. like, us they, they instilled that fear. Yeah. Um, mothers too, like with women like don't trust women. Like we learned that from like five years old. Wow. Right. So we carry that fear our entire lives and we miss out on so many beautiful opportunities. Thankfully, my mother, she's always had best friends and she's the okay. sweetest person ever. So I learned Sisterhood from her. Right. Were you an only a, child or no? It's um. I have an older brother and okay. I have an older sister.
0: Okay.
1: Um. Uh, my older sister. Uh, we don't share the same mom, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um, f- from just generally, our family dynamic has been about family. So I okay. learned that. Okay. But I recognize that a lot of women have not had that experience, and so I love you know. Just even the premise of our retreats. It's just sisterhood. It's just community. It's just, it's just sitting in a room with 20, 30 of us, and there's one woman that feels like she's suffering from something and she's alone. Okay. And I'm always like, when you speak your story, there's always gonna be somebody else that says, I I get you, sis, and I see you. I'm going through a divorce. I've been there. Let me hold space for you. I'm suffering from infertility. I've been there. There's a woman on the other side. Yeah. Like I understand what that, yeah. what that is, what that you know, what that suffering is. And so that's what I love bringing us together, um, for us to share our stories and find the community and the sisterhood um, in that. Um, but also again, that courage to speak our stories. Yeah, a lot of us suffer internally because we we feel alone or we feel insecure about whatever it is that we're dealing with. And so we go through these long periods of our lives that we're holding all of that in. Um, And I will never forget during my yoga teacher training, um, they brought in a couple, a husband and wife, um, who are like these very well-known meditation experts. And the, the, the wife was speaking to the women in the room and she said, this is, a big part of why we suffer from infertility and fibroids and um, uh, PCOS and infertility is because, as women, we that trauma we we pull it in and we push it down, mm. and it sits in our bellies, and all of that toxic energy starts to affect us physically. Wow. And so, the work that I I do and I'm really proud of is how do we pull it out and we get it out. Nice, right?
0: Mhm. How how many retreats did you do before you decide? let me start coaching others on how to do these retreats?
1: Um it was eight retreats. I want to say seven actually. It was seven. And um so I started in 2017, but then and I hosted three retreats in 2018. I hosted two in 2019, and then I had three <laughs> scheduled, scheduled for 2020. Yeah, scheduled. <laughs> scheduled. Scheduled. And um <laughs> And, of course, I had to cancel those. And also, in that period, you know, my work and my revenue, 95% of it was travel. Yeah. And so I had to figure out, like, how do we pivot? Okay. And um, any entrepreneurs listening, my one advice I'm going to give you is know your pivot before you have to pivot. Mm. Don't just get comfortable in one lane. Okay. Right? So— With me, our lane was retreats. But a year before COVID hit, we had started a private membership community, right? And so when COVID hit and we had to cancel our retreats, we were able to lean into that membership community and that revenue coming from that. Then we also immediately, I'm talking about like, Two weeks after lockdown, I had our first virtual retreat and we had a wow. thousand women show up. <laughs> and then I did a series of them that entire year. And that's how I was able to stay afloat because I pivoted immediately. But I'd already started to pivot.
0: It sounds that might have even become more lucrative than the trips. That's just my first initial. When I think about the amount of the women digital. that could attend the digital. Yeah. The digital. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um,
1: and so... It was, I had actually thought of the Academy and at the top of 2020 because it was just paying attention. People would um, DM me, email me like, are you going to have retreats for entrepreneurs or couples uh, or those suffering from grief? And I'm like, I'm only one person. I yeah, can only yeah, host yeah. a few retreats a year This yes. is a lot of work. And my retreats are large, like they're 50 plus yeah. most of the time. And so... Um, I was just like, how would I do that? How would I bring on other retreat facilitators? And then I was like, an academy, a course. And I had never done a course, but I was like, I'll figure it out. And then COVID hit, and that was pushed to the back burner. But in, at the top of 2021, I was like, travel is going to explode.
0: When it because, comes back. Because people, people have to get out the house. Yeah, 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 And they've
1: been saving their money.
0: yeah. Gain extra checks. <laughs> All that <laughs> Them stuff. Donnie right? checks. <laughs> exactly. And
1: so I was like, it's time. And so I launched the Academy summer twenty twenty one. Okay. And I I had so many students register, I had to stop it because I was like, it's too much. I was like That's And then, and this was it was a five thousand dollar course. Wow. And they and they were just
0: Because they wanted to do their own retreats. That's what this is for. I mean, because it's interesting because you answered the question already that I had, but it's almost like you were creating competitors, but you weren't. And normally people would say, hey, I learned and I figured out how to do this. I'm not sharing this with anyone, right? Right? But you said, no, I'm going to take that. And at the end of the day, I think one of the things in business is you always have to figure out where there's a, a need for something. Right. And the need was people obviously want these retreats in all these sectors, Here's your solution. Train the different people to lead them.
1: Exactly. Okay. Right. And so, and and it was that moment I was like, am I creating competitors? But then I'm a numbers person. I'm like, it's, it's 18 million black women in the U.S. Wow. If you add women of color, it's 43 million plus. Wow. wow. There's enough for all of us. Yeah. And if I have yeah. a 50-person retreat, I haven't even...
0: Yeah. Tapped into yeah.
1: eighteen million. Yeah. So w- what if I just create an army of retreat leaders? Nice. And across the board, whether it's ten or fifteen or twenty or thirty, we still haven't
0: put what's, a dent. What's the wildest retreat idea that someone came to the table with that's worked? And you're just like, I don't, I don't even understand how it's working.
1: Well, none of them. They all made sense to me. Okay, but okay. I think.
0: The, that's a, that's was a nice a few, answer.
1: Yeah, none of them where I was like, it's wow." But um, the you'll 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 get a kick out of this. But my first cohort, summer twenty twenty one, I had no idea she had just been in my community for a minute. It was with Khalifa's mom, and she came in and said, "I want to do a four twenty retreat." <laughs> that still to this Yo. day is a the most successful
0: retreat. Wow. Yeah. Going, it's funny because I was thinking that she was going to say something about smoking and she did. <laughs> and it's it's popping. It was in Jamaica. Wow.
1: And it sold out so quick. How much
0: people on that retreat?
1: Well, she had, I want to say 28 or 29. Okay. But she like, to Yo, me, But I loved my it. Son? Yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> but she she's so funny. She was like, I taught him how to smoke.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Mama smoke.
1: Yeah, she was wow. like, he got it from me. That's wild. And so um, that was a real fun retreat. But You ever smoke d- with Mama Wiz? No. Oh, okay. She came to Atlanta one time. I was like, and she had this big old bong. She had sent me like a video. And I said, man, I got to meet up with you. Yo, we never got to Yo, change. people
0: say, would you rather smoke with Wiz or Snoop? It might you might have to put Wiz mom in the, the you conversation for the category yeah. just put up there.
1: She's, she's She had a whole retreat. for real. Okay. She's the <laughs> OG for real. Um but we've had retreats and like I said I love the the various themes cuz I always tell them curate the retreat that you want to attend. Mm. Right? Um and if you if if it's something that you're passionate about, it comes from a very authentic space. Okay. So of course, like the 420 retreat was a, a yeah. very authentic experience for her because that's her lifestyle.
0: It's almost 420 again. She's doing it again this year. It's- no,
1: no, no. I think she's doing one in um later this year. Okay, okay. Um, and so some of our retreat leaders that go through the academy and they host a retreat with us. For me, it's just that first one is is to really coach you and guide you and support you. And then you go off on your own. So you, if you you, want you're, you're
0: there for that first one.
1: Yeah, I'm there for that first wow. one. Um, But some of them are now on their third and fourth retreats with us. But it's really just an incubator. And if you want to stay with us, this is how I bring it together for people when I explain it. What I'm building is the Airbnb of retreats for black women. Wow. And so you come on our website and you got a whole there's a whole calendar of retreats. And you can choose the one that speaks to you. Wow. The theme, the dates, the cost, the location, the retreat leader—like
0: a whole marketplace um, for the. It's retreats. a marketplace, wow. yeah.
1: And so, um, we've had we have a retreat uh, coming up in Paris for Black women book lovers, and they're doing a picnic at the Eiffel Tower, like, and that sold that out really nice. quick. Um, we have another retreat coming up. It's called the Central Black Girl Retreat, and that one is a little wild because. Okay. The retreat leader was like, you know, her, her, um, her goal is like to help black women feel more comfortable with their bodies and, um, you know, more sensual. And okay. she was like, we're going to sew each other our vaginas.
0: <laughs>
1: like, she was like, it's 12 different vulvas, 12 different type of bobas. And I was like, what? Like,
0: She's I only on know research. mine. Yeah. <laughs>
1: right. But she put out, you know, a wait list. A hundred women sign up in in like twenty four hours just to be on a wait list, and I was like, "We got something."
0: And who is she? Like, do people- Her name is Her name is
1: Sex with Ashley.
0: Okay, so she's a <laughs> Not sex sexual posi- chocolate. Sex no. with Ashley.
1: <laughs> she's a sex positive, like okay. writer and influencer. Got it. Um, her page is wild.
0: Are, are there mostly influencers that try to do their own retreats nowadays? So I- we
1: have two different lanes now okay there we go so i have my the retreat leaders that i coach Mm -hmm. and go through my academy and then we also now we have influencers that come to us who already have large communities fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, and they want to host a retreat for their communities so we um we curate produce so i'm back to my production career, right, where I was doing events at like Super Bowl and, and Grammys. Yes. So now we're producing retreats where we do all the back end and wow. they show up as a host. So se- so Sex with Ashley That's some ideas right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some
0: people about to yeah. about to broker this. So sex with
1: <laughs> Ashley, she's an influencer.
0: Okay.
1: Um I actually we, and we're 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 friends. We haven't actually met in person, but okay. we've yeah, yeah, yeah. developed a, 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 a virtual It's Twenty twenty
0: sure. people got virtual friends now.
1: And so I actually just pinged her one day. I said, it's time for you to do a retreat. And it took her about a year to come back. Cause she was like, I'm ready. Wow. And so we just, we haven't even announced a retreat yet. And wow. she already has 100 plus women That's on crazy. the wait list. Um, we also have um, on a on our curation side, like a uh, retreat we're doing in Bali for wellness influencer. Um, we have another, like a, a dating and relationship coach. So she wants to do a retreat for single women. Um, that's a big market. Um, we also have an author who, she wrote a book uh, chronicling her 400-mile pilgrimage through central France to see all the black Madonnas. Wow. And so she wants to do a retreat in france um a, a condensed version of that yeah, so it's a just a mini tour
0: a yeah, mini just,
1: tour just so much yeah. right and nah, then, you're,
0: you're a genius
1: then there's a <laughs> a, 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 a very well known black woman a tech entrepreneur who's raised um i'm i'm sure well over 100 million for her tech companies okay. and she re- relocated to Ghana. and so she is hosting a retreat um, that's some parts lifestyle and culture but also how to um, invest in properties in Ghana and um, really establish like a bi-continental life. Okay. Right. And so it's just it's Forget so many coastal. niches. Yeah. yeah. It's just so many. So um,
0: so for you at this point, is it? <laughs> Where am
1: I going? No, with this? Yeah, No. Yeah. No. I mean, it's endless.
0: But yeah. for you, do you find now? The happiness in helping and coaching yeah. versus having your own?
1: Yeah, I haven't. I, I'm not hosting a retreat this year. Got this it. is the first re- retreat besides 2020 yeah. that I haven't hosted a retreat because I'm finding real joy in seeing these retreat leaders blossom and 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 build their own businesses and make money, you have, know, and be profitable. Yeah.
0: Have you seen anyone try to come into space the way you did as a competitor? Has that happened yet?
1: They're trying there there was something I saw, but
0: <laughs> it might be a little too late right now, maybe.
1: Yeah, and I think I think again our infrastructure is so unique. Okay. Right? Again it's the same thing, like when Airbnb came into yeah. the marketplace, it was just like, whoa.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it, Nobody had thought about that before, and I don't even. And there has been some competitors, but I, even I tell my retreat leaders, and I uh, just generally when I talk to people who are just afraid to like talk about their dreams and launch this product because they feel like somebody's gonna don't steal it. Them. And I'm like, the thing about somebody copycatting you is that they always gotta watch what you're doing True. next. True. Right. True. So they're always gonna be they like behind. They're a little yeah, behind, a little, yeah, because yeah, yeah. they're trying to watch what you're doing and. I, like I said I've been in this game for a long time as an entrepreneur, and so i I can see the next before most people do
0: you spoke about the shorter work week, but when <laughs> it comes to when it comes to wellness, what are you doing for self care right that's a big question I like to ask people because you're busy you got all these things going on do you find your self care in these trips that you go on when you're you know, like taking that moment to kind of hang out at the beach outside of, <laughs> you know, like when when do you find um, it?
1: Um, I'm I I have my moments <laughs> where <laughs> I I am not pouring into myself because I'm pouring into so many people, uh, and so that three day work week is my now like I'm taking a little bit of my time back and mm-hmm. my and my own self care back, and so. Um, And I actually was going to put up a post soon. Like, I've I've been giving so much over these last few years that I have lost some of my own self-care practices. And so, again, me saying I need to go to a three-day work week allows me that space to take care of myself. And so, trust me, like, this is why therapists need therapists. Yep, yep. Yoga teachers need yoga teachers. (laughs) You know what I mean? Because we're all in this constant cycle of... We're taking care of so many people. We're holding space and energies and traumas and triggers for so many people that there was a point for me that I, it was like a badge of honor that I could take on so much. Right. Um, and now I'm like, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want to take pride in, in being able to suffer longer than other people. Right. And so now I'm like, I got to create space for me. Okay. Right. So that I can continue to pour into people. Okay. And so that three day work week is my it's part self-care.
0: of that. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Got it. No, it sounds like it, it's but. It's not
1: because I'm still working. Yeah. You know what I mean? You
0: can't escape there. You can't you go to the beach for a second. No, nah, you got it's activity. It's, it's to
1: breathe. Yeah. You know, when you have 30 women that you have to sit with and you have to hold space with and you, all their traumas and triggers and you have to be that that person that takes in all of that there there has to be some space for you and I'm I'm figuring out that myself now like okay Christina you you got to pull back and so what I've been doing is investing more into talent okay who can show up for me and I can have the break and I can I can just be the creative Mind behind the business, but I don't have to do everything. You know, as an entrepreneur, like you're doing, you're the accountant. Everything. You're human resources. You're TR. the ideas person. I, I I built websites for my business. I'm doing like the, the newsletters and like all that stuff. And I'm like, I, I got to pull back. So now I'm investing in people that can stand in the gap for me. So I can just show up and be like, here's the idea I have. Who's gonna execute it, and I'm gonna pay. What's how much it costs, and then I can just be in my.
0: Do you have permanent space. employees right now? Like, how many do yes. you have?
1: So it's 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 three of us. Okay, <laughs> so running this machine, Um, and then I have independent contractors. But I'm hopefully this year we're gonna start like full salary employees. And like I said, I just want to be the CEO. Yeah. But. For five years, I've been all of it,
0: and and yeah. we jumped around the different cities. But you got a new city right now that you're in, right? Or well, it's not even new anymore. Because after Nashville, when did you make the jump to Atlanta?
1: No, I moved to I moved here.
0: Oh, I guess sorry. And I was
1: you, here for thirteen years. Thirteen years, okay. And then I and moved then, to Atlanta four years ago.
0: Got it. And so, you know, I moved. Yeah, I let's was talk transitioning
1: about it. out of PR. I was like, this ain't this isn't my lifestyle. I do not want to be. Standing on the back of couches at the VMA Awards, (laughs) parties with clients. Like, I just, you know, I just don't want to do that. And so when I transitioned into Om noir and wellness, the city wasn't reflective of the new lifestyle ones I have. And I really wanted space to breathe literally and figuratively. Yeah,
0: space. Yeah, it's just that square footage is different now, yeah. style, so. <laughs>
1: Listen, I tell you, I'm still amazed. I'm like, I went from a one bedroom apartment uh-huh. to a three level, three bedroom townhouse, and I only was paying like five hundred dollars more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Hey, you That's barbecuing why. now?
1: Right. You know, I got decks.
0: I got two decks. There you go. <laughs>
1: right? You know
0: the barbecue at. Christina's.
1: Yeah, yeah. so um, I just, I needed to be in a space that I, like I said, I can breathe and I had space to create and um, and I moved to Atlanta and, I, and the moment I made that decision to move, life has just nice. escalated from there.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. Who was the most fun person you partied with before?
1: <sighs>
0: I know PR's wow, all the musicians and.
1: The best client I've ever had was Nick Cannon. That's a really, really nice, kind person. Wow. And he's about his business. So he would show up on time for everything. Nice. Everything. Um, uh, Snoop was wild.
0: Okay. okay. <laughs> so you be hanging out with Snoop and Wiz Mom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Snoop was wild at the time. This is okay. when I was working with him. This was also when he was getting arrested every five minutes. Okay. okay <laughs> you know, we wasn't. Now y'all illegal. trying to figure
0: out what you going to say about about on the next day. With the oh, it would
1: also be like, it would be a strategy. I would show up at the hotel, like, we got to go to these interviews, and the team would be like, you get in that van.
0: Yeah.
1: The van that doesn't have the smoke. <laughs> And he'll go in the other van. And so we'd be in these vans, like, okay, if you get pulled over, some at least this van isn't getting arrested. Got
0: it, got it. This is a safe van. <laughs> yeah. Got it.
1: So it was that. Um, but it was it was um, God it we had so chameleonaire he was a
0: Oh, great shout out to Camillionaire. I met him in the great. Bay. And yeah. he's a VC. Like people don't know that about him. Like he's out here making Which business moves.
1: Crazy. Yeah. Um but we we had, I mean, I always have really great clients. Um, let me see who else. Um, who was really fun. I mean, Nas is great. I like, like I actually worked with him. I used to do, um, even after I left the agency and I was on my own, like, his team would reach out to, like, do red carpet events for him and all stuff. Super, super nice, chill guy. Nice. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I had really good experiences. But it was also, um, there was a point, too, where I was like, I can't do these two AM calls anymore and be on on call twenty four hours a client is getting arrested or <laughs> they decide they don't want to show up to the Oscars oh, and like you got all these teams yeah. calling and I'm in I'm in New Jersey and I gotta be on calls yeah, yeah, nah, at two AM, three AM and I was just like I it's can't over. do this lifestyle anymore.
0: If you could do yoga with anyone, who would it be? Janelle Monet. Nice. Yeah. For me, it'd be Phil Jackson just because I'm a Lakers fan. Okay. I would pick Phil. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was, I was thinking
0: maybe Russell Simmons for me, but I'm going to pick Phil. Now. I'm
1: actually going to visit his property um, in Bali. I'm going in July. Russell
0: Simmons? Yeah, yeah. Wow. he has a yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Property. Nice. Um, and one of the clients that were curating her retreat, she stayed there earlier this year. And so... I'm gonna probably stay a couple of nights at his property. I heard it's beautiful. Yeah, so he nice. he's created a whole nother lifestyle for himself in Bali. Do,
0: yeah. Do you think this is your last endeavor right now, or, or one of one of the last?
1: I think it's I think it's one of the last. Um, I know people don't like to talk about this or be honest about this, as especially as black entrepreneurs. Um, but white people have figured it out. They build companies to exit. Yes. And it's a shame that a lot of times in our community, when a, a founder exits and they sell it to like a Procter & Gamble... We and see it in
0: it. the hair industry all the time.
1: It, and then they're a sellout, and then they're this and that. And it's like, why? you know how costly it is financially... To scale. And emotionally and mentally as a black founder... And so we should celebrate the ones yeah. that get these hundred million dollar exits. Yeah, it's very few, but like the fact that you know um, Lisa Carroll's daughter when she sold
0: um, Rich Long, Miele, Miele, Miele Organics, Rich. Like, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, and it's like, and it, and you got these consumers Tristan are Walker. like, like, why can't you just, why can't we keep things in our community because we haven't built infrastructures mm. yet to keep them in our communities, what black VCs are buying True. companies at a hundred million dollar valuation. It's
0: not happening yet.
1: You know what I mean? And so at some point, yes, I am building it to exit.
0: You open, you open to a buyer. Yes,
1: I'm open oh. Okay, because I would like to spend the rest of my life at ease with mm. no debt. Um, even Tristan Walker, yeah, Bevel, yeah,
0: I love Bevel, yeah.
1: When he sold and he's talked about that, he wasn't so much debt. dad.
0: Oh wow! And then he I sold because
1: well, product based business. I may put, let's say, like my products. I have to put up thirty thousand dollars for for inventory, right? Once we have sold maybe half of that. Then we have to re up another thirty thousand. So you're constantly in a cycle of debt because you have to keep re um, investing in your inventory. Yeah. You can't get down to zero. Yeah,
0: that's true. And
1: so they, so a lot of people don't understand that, especially product based. You're in a cycle of debt your entire right. wow. life cycle. Wow. Then when you bring on investors and they have now you're one hundred percent owner. Now you're sixty percent because. One has taken ten percent. Another has taken five yeah, percent. Yeah, those VCs want their money, so you have to continue forward. And 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 most they of want those that ROI, they want that ROIs. But founders, when they let's say they get a ten million dollar investment, their salary is really like a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah. So imagine you live in with a hundred thousand dollar salary. Because you had to sell off pieces of your company before you could have whatever salary. But now your salary goes down, and then these investors, they now are, they anticipate investing in your company for you to sell. So all those who invested when I think Miele Organic Mm -hmm. she had like a ten million dollar investment, um, or seed round, and then she sold for a hundred million. Those $10 million profited, and got that's their what cuts. they expect. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so, but we should celebrate that yeah. because now, even with um, Rich Lou, when he sold Shea Moisture, he was able to buy Essence. Yes. And then he was able to start his fund yes. and invest in other founders. So we got to celebrate us elevating so that we can give back. Uh, with Miele, um, I'm sure part of her deal— with that sell to to PNG, they donate. PNG put ten million dollars towards their fund. Miele put ten million dollars towards their fund to invest in other black
0: businesses. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. It's dope.
1: We we should celebrate that. There we go. Yeah.
0: Now before before you sell, and we figure out <laughs> like what's the what's the what's the first step? If I say you know what Christina, I want to do a podcasters retreat. Like what's the first step when people. They sign
1: up online. Yeah, so the okay. academy, um, we have three different course levels, okay. and so there's a downloadable course um, that's the most cost effective, okay. and it's you know pre-recorded modules, and I really just walk you through the step by step. But we also have a community. Okay. Um, we have mon- monthly group coaching calls. Um, there is a mid-tier level where it's uh, what I call done with you retreat planning. So I sit with you. Um, throughout a four to six, six week period and playing your retreat with you. And you go off and you do wonderful things. And then there's um, our premium level. Uh, so we got First Class Pass. You know, it's all travel related. First Class Pass, Sky Lounge, and Diamond Club. Okay. And Diamond Club is the marketplace. That's it's nice. You
0: ain't even put coach up there. That's nice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's um, the premium. So that's the marketplace. That's uh, uh, the moment you sign up, I'm with you. From sign up to the day you leave your retreat. Got it. That could be a year's worth of wow. coaching and support. Wow.
0: Yeah. All right. So it's pretty levels. dope. There's I love
1: levels. it. Yeah.
0: Genius idea. <laughs> we wish you much success. Thanks Thank for you. giving us a little insight on things. Um When you gonna do a retreat. I don't know for black
1: men. You, you, it's needed.
0: You saying it like it's, like I said, my mind is like too, too, too. I'm just sitting here thinking about the different things, and mm-hmm. even if it's not for me, like the people that I know that yeah. I think would be successful, some of my guests that have been on the show yeah. that I built relationships with, I'm like, yeah, now nah, this might this might be a thing right here. Yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's especially for black men. Yeah. I mean, I love. Where we're going now, um, that more black men, you know, like Charlamagne and God, they're talking about like therapy yeah. and healing and Big time. all that kind of stuff. And so I, I, I see it coming. I have one out of 75 students, I have one wow. black man wow. that signed up wow. and, and hopefully he's the first of many. Um, his retreat is co-ed, but I'm sure at some point he's going to a men's yeah, only yeah, retreat. Yeah. Um, and he's, His retreat is in Ecuador, so okay. that's pretty dope. But yeah, okay. like we're seeing it. So I'm okay. hoping that we are able to um, facilitate uh, a pathway for more men to attend retreats and build community of wellness and, and mental got, got health. And my, I got stuff. somebody do? in my
0: eye, do. We do to talk off here about it. Okay. But um, my last question for you, going right back to Akron yeah. and just Ohio as a whole. If can you name someone out there that's moving in Ohio right now that you really say, I'm going to clap it up for that person. I see them from hometown or home state.
1: From Ohio. yeah um, I mean, well, we know our athletes.
0: Yeah, we know our athletes. We know people like, I feel like Chappelle's from out there. But I'm talking about like on the rise, like right now. Is there anyone that's standing out to you that's like, that we got to support this person and rally around this person too?
1: Honestly... Man, I wish I'd known this this one question, because <laughs> um, I would have done research. Because so many of us, we like even when somebody asks me where I'm from, I might say New York, New Jersey first. Okay. So it's like a lot of people that are probably were born and raised in Ohio that moved, moved out, moved and uh, like, they consider. That place they moved to, their hometown. People so might meet really
0: you know. now and say Atlanta. They'd be like, yo, I know this girl in Atlanta. She's doing her thing. She got the retreats. Right. So and I, they just associate you with Atlanta.
1: I can't name somebody specifically, um, but I do think that, like, I love that. Dave Chappelle, I don't think he's from Ohio, but he has made it his home.
0: Okay, okay. Um,
1: it's I think it's like Warrenville. It's something, got it's it. like close to Dayton. But when you watch his special, what was really special about that, him moving to that town, um, is he brought a lot of money to that town. Mm. And a lot of people that were suffering in the in in the pandemic, when he started doing those shows, shows he was yeah. able to employ a lot of people. Nice. And so I think that was really beautiful. Nice. Um and I don't know what I can't because I like I said I have to look it up, but that connection to the small town in Ohio. He brought a lot of money to that. Nice, nice, And so I think that was beautiful. And of course, all the things that LeBron and his team do in Akron, the school, yeah, yeah, um, the the philanthropic, you know, opportunities and things that they lean into. I think I think that's really beautiful.
0: And and our last last question: When it comes to philanthropy, is there something that you're looking to do, and how do you want to touch that part?
1: Well, I would, um, and what we're kind of Figuring out now, definitely more scholarships for women to attend our retreat. Nice. Chris, they are, you know, more of a luxury price. Yes. Um, And so I don't want that to be a barrier of entry for women that really need it. Nice. And so for us, it's like establishing a foundation where we can sponsor numerous women to go to these retreats.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Christina, thank you for coming through. It's another episode of Blue Dope, and you've been dope. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank
1: you. This is good. Yes, yes.
0: Thank you very much. Much success. Thank you. Peace. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Blue Dope and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow the crew on Instagram at Blue Dope TV.